You're listening to The Fashion Detour, a show that provides insights into the minds of creatives within the fashion industry. My name is Michal Goldfein, and I'm sitting down with the creators to talk about their processes, their inspirations, and lessons they've learned along the way. This week, I am very excited. We have an amazing guest. Her name is Rifki Iskowitz, and she is the founder of Impact Fashion. How are you today? I am doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I'm I'm so excited. I love, um, you know, just seeing all these amazing modest fashion brands. And I feel like your brand, Impact Fashion, is really special, really unique in that it offers all women the ability to wear modest clothing and feel like they're included, feel fashionable, feel empowered. So I'm, I'm really glad to have you. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. I really appreciate that. So I really would like to know what inspired you to start your brand? Well, Impact Fashion is actually, uh, you know, I I had a lot of jobs in the fashion industry before I uh, started Impact Fashion. I've been sewing since I'm 10. I'm a couture-trained dressmaker, seamstress, and pattern maker. And sewing and creating in fashion has always just been something that I loved. And uh, when I finished high school, I was trying to figure out, you know, what are some ways that I could do fashion? I didn't really know what that meant. I didn't really know what I wanted that to look like in my own life. And um, what I started doing was actually doing alterations in my house, uh, out of my parents' house. I started just, you know, taking things that didn't fit people and making them fit better. And I learned fit that way. And I was taking classes at the same time. And I noticed that there were certain alterations that my customers consistently needed to make. Um, I am a, a practicing Orthodox Jew, and that means that I dress modestly. So there are certain alterations that I will consistently need to make to my clothes. I'll usually need to make them longer. Um, I'll usually need to make necklines higher. I'll usually need to make sleeves longer. Um, those are the kinds of things that my customers needed also, because of course, my first customers were my mom's friends. So they are also um, Orthodox Jews, and they also dress modestly, and they also had these same needs. So as I was doing all of these alterations, I just got thinking, wouldn't it be so much simpler if there was already clothes that were modest, already clothes that didn't need to be built up, that didn't need to be let down, that just worked? Um, and that's where the idea for Impact Fashion was born. Um, I also knew that I wanted it to be something that fit properly. I noticed in the alterations that I was doing that there were some clothes that were really just misshapen, that weren't really designed with actual bodies in mind. They were designed with models in mind. And there's a time and a place for that, but that's not in most people's closets. So I set out to do things things that fit properly. And the way that I did that was I fit my clothes to myself. I use myself as the fit model and I'm a regular old size 10. So that meant that when clothes that fit me properly, we're going to fit more actual women properly. And that's how it got started. Wow. And had you always growing up been interested in fashion and design? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I've been sewing since I'm 10 and I've been interested in fashion pretty much for as long as I've been interested in pictures. You know, my grandmother was always, um, you know, her subscription to Vogue magazine and flipping through that. And even like the peoples and the red carpet photo and photos and all of that, those were always things that I was interested in. Um, I remember one of my first sketches that I did was, you know what the NBC logo looks like? The peacock? Yes. 
Okay. So I was in, I was watching TV with my grandmother and she was watching something on NBC and that logo is in the bottom of, um, it's in like the bottom right corner of the screen if you watch something um, on TV. So I did this whole, like during I think she was watching The Apprentice, honestly. But like during that whole, during the episode, I took that logo and I just put it on all sorts of different clothes. Like I did it as paneling on a skirt and like as a huge applique across the top and as this print on a dress. And I was just playing around with it. And I, I would always do things like that. I was probably like maybe seven or eight when that story took place. Um, and yeah, it's always been been something that I'm interested in. So what would you say is the aesthetic of your brand? So I like to think of, pretty much the things that a modern cool girl would want to wear. I'd like to think of myself as, you know, somewhat of a cool person. And for me, it's always about things. Well, modesty is first and foremost, but it's not the be all and end all, if you know what I mean. It's not like everything in my company, everything in my company is modest, but it's not frumpy. It's just, it's fashion that happens to be covered as opposed to, you know, covered fashion. It's a, it's a subtle difference, but I think you get it. It's for me, the aesthetic is always going to be a little cool, a little light, a little flirty, super girly. Cause that's really just what I, I like to wear. Well, I mean, I, I think are the, are, is that you and the photos on your uh, website modeling some of the clothing? Yeah. So you'll see me over a whole lot of things. Um, I'm all over the Instagram page. I'm not every, obviously there's lots of different women on my website, uh, but yes, um, I am on my website. If you go to my website currently, I'm not in the banner photo. That's uh, a friend of mine named Betty Gulko. But if you scroll down to the impact at home section, that's me. Um, yeah. And I started the, I started modeling my own clothes because originally I made the samples to fit me because like I said, I wanted them to, to fit me and to fit women who were shaped like me. Um, and I didn't realize that that meant that if the samples fit me, then I was probably the best person to model them uh, mm-hmm. because they fit me so well. And also people just liked seeing me in my clothes, even when I would, you know, get models and get other people to do it. Um, the things that always, you know, responded, people responded the best to were always me. So yeah, I am an unlikely model. <laughs> well, I think it works. And I think you're, you really exude, it's, it's very welcoming to see you. I feel like you exude like confidence and kind of, you know, like, you're just, you seem so friendly and nice. <laughs> Thanks. I try. <laughs> I know, I know. But I'm just saying that, like, I think it, it's, it, it definitely, um, it's, it's really great. And it's great. I think that people like to see, like, oh, there's a, a person behind the brand, you know? It's, it's- That's so true. It's so, so true. One of the things that I actually really resisted, I mean, at this point, Impact Fashion is three years old. It'll be four in November. And when I first started, I used to always talk with the royal we. Like, we as a company are working to make your fashion experience wonderful. And the we, it's such a joke because the we at that point was like me in my, you know, in my, in my living room doing the best that I could. And what I actually, there came a point where keeping up that facade, I guess, that's even maybe too strong of a word, but keeping that up got really just exhausting. And I, so I, I just dropped it and I started being more open with people about like, yeah, you, yeah, I'm, I design everything and that's the part that I love. And you know what? I also pack every box and I also did all the graphics and I also, you know, that's not true anymore. But at the time, this was maybe like two years ago when I, 
kind of let it go and was just much more open with people about what it was that I was doing. And I was a little nervous that people would then view me as, you know, I am a small company, but the people would then not view me as a serious company, that they would view me as, you know, just some kid messing around. And the exact opposite happened. Instead, it was people who people were saying things like, wow, you're doing all of this on your own. That's so great. I want my daughter to see this. I want my, you know, niece who's interested in fashion to know that this is something that she can do. So yeah, it's definitely something that has helped me a lot. Um, and I'm a big advocate for personal branding from a just for, it works, but also just from a um, workflow perspective. It's really it's the simplest. It's the easiest to just be like, this is what I'm doing. Um, I think I heard someone call that working in public, you know, do, taking the work that you're already doing and just doing that in public so that other people can see and it kills a lot of birds with one stone. Yeah. And people just can connect to you and it's really working great. So how would you describe your design process? It's It varies. It really, really varies. I mean, there are definitely times when I'm working on designing a collection where I set aside design time. Um, and that'll usually look like me getting out of my usual environment. So I always have my sketchbook on me because I never know when I'll come up with an idea and I always want to be able to just jot it down. Um, and when I have scheduled design time, then I'll usually go someplace that I haven't been before. So a lot of times that's a museum that I haven't been before or a wing of a museum that I love. Um, like the Met is one of my favorite places. And I'll just visit a different section of it and I'll just pay attention to the people, the shapes, the sounds that are around me. And I'll just get sketching from there. Um, pretty much, I mean, at this point, I probably have over a hundred sketches in my sketchbook that I haven't even gotten around to patterning yet. So the ideas are not really where I struggle with coming up with the things. It's, it's, just part of what I do. It's just how I am. Um, but I'm also my own pattern maker. And that's where technical design comes in. And I think this is what really sets impact apart from other brands is that I come with a huge strength with my technical knowledge. I know how to engineer a garment, how to put the pieces together so that they work properly, so that you get the best fit, so that you get the right flow. Um, and that's where I think the real magic happens. I do all of my own pattern making. Um, and those will usually take me anywhere from like three to 15 drafts of a pattern to get it perfect. Um, and usually I'll spend about a week on a pattern um, and I'll make the muslins as I work so that I can try it on so that I can really get a feel for it and how it fits and flows and, and all of that. Um, and then once I have a pattern in a muslin that I love, I'll send it off to my factory with the fabric. They'll sew it up and we'll make any changes from there. And where are you located, actually? I'm in New York City. I'm based in Queens. Uh, my factory is in Manhattan and everything in my line is made in, in Manhattan, in the garment center of New York, which is great because it means that I get to oversee the production of it. Um, I am really involved in the actual sewing of my clothes. Um, I don't actually do the sewing of the line. That's what I have the factory for. But I am really, you know, when they're in production, I'm there two, sometimes three, four times a week, just checking in. You know, you want to make sure that things are exactly as you um, intended them to be. And things get lost in translation. Things get, you know, when you're working, when other people are executing your vision, it's not always going to be 100% clear what you want, which is why I love the fact that my production is in New York because I can really be on top of it. Um, and also it means that I am confident that the workers who are actually sewing the clothing that I sell are treated properly uh, because I see how they work. I see what their hours are. I see that they have lunch breaks and I see that they're in um, good conditions. And that's something that's also really important to me. Wow. 
I mean, you're really, it seems like living your dream here. <laughs> That's very sweet of you to say. It's not all sunshine and roses, <laughs> um, but I can't, um, I can't think of anything else I'd rather be doing. Uh, I wish. No, I mean, of course, I, I do love what I do. I'm a special educator by day, um, and I just have a huge passion for fashion. And I think it's, it's not always easy to follow your dream and kind of, um, and, and make it happen and balance everything else. Like, you know, family and work and all of those things. So oh, 100%. Um, I, I always tell people that if I hadn't started Impact Fashion when I did, then I probably wouldn't have done it until I'm like in my 40s, at least. Um, when I started the company, I was single living at home with basically no expenses. So I was able to take every penny that I'd ever made and invest it into this company. And I had no other responsibility aside from making the company work. Now my life is a little bit different. You know, um, now I don't live at home anymore. I'm married. I have a husband. And my day-to-day changes, um, you know, I have other responsibilities, but it's it's not at that, you know, very beginning stage where you're literally creating something from nothing. Now I have systems in place. Now I have people who I work with. Um, I have, you know, freelancers who take a lot of the load off of me. So it's it's a different story now. Um, but yeah, it's no it's no simple feat to make something to to make a company happen. And doing something like what you're doing, which is, you know, taking the thing that you love and incorporating it into your day while you can still have a day job and have that security, I think that's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> one day, one day, like, like you said, when I'm in my, you know, 40s or my, my five-year plan, um, I'll, I'll make it, I'll, I'll try to incorporate it even more. But uh, until then, I am very happy just hearing everyone's, like how they came to where they are in fashion, everything about it just really inspires me. Do you feel like there were a lot of challenges along the way? Well, I think that when you're starting any kind of company, you're going to hit hiccups. That's, it's just the way it is. And it's not a question of if you're going to, you know, hit any challenges. It's a question of what kind of challenges you're going to get and at what point in the process. Um, So yeah, I mean, I definitely had things that I wish I had done differently, but it's, you know, it it is what it is and, and you take it from there and I'm happy with where I am now. Yes. So I definitely wanted to mention this. I've had clients and listeners and readers, because I write a column for the Jewish press, approach me about the lack of plus size, modest clothing options that are available. And I think what you're doing at Impact Fashion is amazing in in that you're offering clothing that's available. I believe it's from size two to size 24. Mm -hmm. Why is this so important to you? Well, see, the thing is, is that to me, it didn't seem so earth shattering. And it wasn't until I was hearing from my customers who were literally telling me that I was the their only option, that I was the only brand that carried this kind of clothing in their size, that I started looking into it more and seeing like, why is nobody, why is, why is everyone ignoring these women? And the truth is, is that in the wider fashion space, Plus size only had its moment, I want to say probably like maybe five years ago. Um, And that was when plus size started becoming a real part of fashion, started becoming more than just a tent dress, started becoming just better. Um, And, you know... Modest fashion is behind. <laughs> you know, it's it's just yeah. the way it is. Um, you know, when you're in these niche markets, you're going to be a couple years behind. <laughs> and there are more and more companies now that are focusing, that are making their clothing available in more sizes. 
The thing where I think impact fashion really stands out is not only that the sizing is inclusive, every single thing in my line is available in sizes two through 24, but that the sizing is consistent. A two in one skirt is going to be the same two in a different dress, is going to be the same two in a different top. The sizing is going to be the same. Once you know your size, that is your size for my entire line. And that is where I think, you know, we were talking before about the technical aspect of design. I think that when you have a lot of, a lot of modest fashion companies are not started by people who have technical design knowledge. Um, They're started by people who love fashion, who have an appreciation for it, but who may not know how a garment is actually constructed. And I think that's where Impact Fashion really stands out because I come with this huge wealth of knowledge on how to engineer a garment properly. That means that I know how to size my items properly. So my two is an actual two. My 14 is an actual 14. Um, You know, there are some, I'm a 10, um, pretty much in almost every piece of clothing that I, and pretty much in any company. Um, but I have items in my closet ranging from a six to a 14 that all fit me because there is no standard in women's sizing. So keeping that standardization among my own clothing um, has really made it easier for people to shop. And it's important to me because I truly believe that every woman should have the opportunity to feel beautiful in her own skin. And if that means that you need an 18 instead of an eight, So we'll make the 18. Like that to me just doesn't seem like it should be such a radical concept. Um, It's kind of sad that it is, but hey, here we are. And I always say that I don't want to be my customer's only option. As far as I know right now, I am the only modest special occasion company that goes up to a size 24. Um, And I always tell people, if you know of others, tell me because I want I want other people to know about them because I don't want to be my customer's only choice. I want to be their first choice, but I don't want to be their only choice. And above all, I think that everyone just deserves to have great options in their size. Yeah. And I think that would definitely agree that a lot of times just putting on that, you know, tent dress is not going to flatter anyone. Um, And you can look, you you can just, anyone, any size can look amazing if if the fit is there, you know? Oh, 100%. Fit above everything else. Fit above everything else. I don't care if you're wearing something that costs $100 or that costs $500. If it does not fit you properly, it will look awful. And that means, by the way, that if you're on a tight budget, the best place that you can invest your dollars is in a good tailor because you can take anything that isn't super expensive and make it look so much more expensive, so much more refined, so much more elegant on you if it fits you properly. So speaking about your dresses, I love the flutter dress in mint. Um, it comes in another color, right? I believe. What? Yeah, and a blush also. So what was the inspiration behind that look? So the flutter dress is one of those things that I've wanted to do for a really long time. Every now and then I'll see these, I think of them as like little challenges. Um, that kind of sleeve that you have on the flutter dress, which is a really, it's called a, fl- a flutter sleeve in, in technical design. It's a flowy, loose, um, very ethereal kind of sleeve. And it's usually done in something like a tool. Something like with a lot of layers on a bunch of different angles so that you get really this like really soft movement. Now, my clients are always concerned about coverage. So I knew that if I was going to do a sleeve like that, it had to be in something opaque. And I was wondering, can I do a sleeve like that that has those beautiful, just soft, floaty aspects to it, um, but still have it cover the elbow? Because that's something a lot of my customers are concerned about. And there was a through some 
clever patterning and or engineering um, and also through a second lining. I was able to do that. So there's actually a lining inside that sleeve that is a regular sleeve. It's a, it's a tight sleeve um, that's kind of like a built-in shell that, um, you know, to, to still get that light and floaty effect, but so that you don't have to be worried about the coverage. Um, so yeah, that was the inspiration behind it. The original, you, you mentioned the mint specifically, and I have to say the mint has been so much more popular than the blush. Hmm. I think that at the time that we're recording this, I'm pretty sure I only have three of them left. Um, and I have a, a, li- a few more of the blush ones left. Um, I, I threw in the mint as an afterthought. Um, I had seen the color become a little popular. I knew which fabric I wanted to work with. And I was looking at a color card and I um, and I knew that I wanted to do the blush and I knew that I wanted to do um, something else, just something different. And the mint was an option and it was a popular color. So I thought, you know what, let me make a couple of those. And it has just been really a runaway hit. And it's, you know, just that light, ethereal, beautiful dress that you can dress up or down and have a lot to do with it. Uh, it's it's really beautiful. It looks super comfortable also. It is. It is. It's 100% cotton. So it like it it feels like wearing nothing and the lining that I use in all of my dresses is actually like a t-shirt um jersey lining. So really comfortable, especially for summer. I'm thinking about sweating. So mm-hmm. it will move with you and it's really breathable also. I also really like how you play a lot with um, you know, like either color blocking or paneling. Do you feel like that helps a lot giving, giving, wow, I can't talk anymore. Um, it gives the, the dresses a, a slimming look a lot of times, like drawing the eye inward. Do you do that on purpose or? Well, I'm always thinking about where I'm placing seams. Um, I'm always thinking about where seams are landing on the body. You want it to be flattering. I'm not necessarily thinking about what's going to make you look thinner, um, just because I don't always think that thinner is more beautiful. So I'm not necessarily going to be thinking about, you know, what's going to draw the eye in, but I am going to think about what's going to move naturally with your body. What's going to work with how you're going to move? What's going to be the most comfortable? What's going to feel the most natural in your skin? And to me, color blocking is one of those things that I just think is really fun to do. Um, you know, when I'm working with a pattern, color blocking is literally just tracing that pattern and cutting it into a bunch of pieces and putting them back together again. And that's just fun for me to do. Uh, so yeah, I do color block quite a lot. But it's something that I think, I don't know, I wouldn't say that I'm moving away from it more. Um, but it is something that, you know, I go in and out of of being really in the mood of it. Yeah. Um, now I'm kind of in and out, but we'll see. I'm sure I'll come back. I'm, I'm sure I'll come back to it. So what are some of your favorite styles from your collection? Oh no, don't make me pick. (laughs) Okay. I'll tell you what my, I'll tell you what my best sellers are. Um, that's, that's easier for me to do because I, I don't put anything in the collection if I don't love it. Um, I don't put anything into production if I don't love it. And I think that the one, the dresses and the and the styles, the separates even that I don't like as much don't sell as well because I just don't like I don't I can't I don't know like I can't lie I just I can and I think that it comes across and the things that I just don't the things that I'm just not feeling just don't come across so everything that's in the collection um, that you see on the website. I truly love. The best sellers are the flutter dress that we were talking about before. I think that, that that's a really unique style that people really responded to. And it had this really, it just has this lightness to it that I really love, especially for summer. I think that with a lot of modest fashion, they tend to be, it tends to be like a dress, you know, with a capital D and it looks like a straight jacket and you can't pee in it. And like, it's this whole very intense situation. And I think that people just really like the lightness of that. Um, there's another style called the 
hug dress, which is kind of like the winter. Everything about the flutter dress that I love for summer, the hug dress is for winter. Um, it's a stretch velvet. Velvet. It has this great draping. Um, that's just really dramatic and also really just flattering and beautiful. Um, that one is is a really great seller. And then the Taylor dress, I think it is is I think in the third slot. Um, and that's one of my color block dresses. It's a straight color block dress. Um, at the time that we're recording this, I think there's only left in the pink and black. I want to say maybe in a size 20, but I could be wrong on that. Um, that's left. And that's, I think, again, just one of those like really interesting pieces that looks different from every angle. So someone who um, is into that kind of thing really, really responds to those. So those are definitely the best sellers. The favorites, I can't. I mean, <laughs> I, I can't. The, the, that I can't quite do. <laughs> Well, I mean, you have so many special pieces. Like, I love the Victoria dress with the full skirt, the oh yeah, that's one organza. Yeah, my mom has that. One. She loves that. Yeah, that's that, that, yeah. Thank you. That that's a fun one. Also, that was I wanted to make like a short ball gown. I wanted to make something that like felt like a ball gown, felt that kind of pretty, but you could, but you, but was not a gown, was not floor length. Um, that was the that line of thinking actually brought out that dress, the Victoria dress, which is this really full satin skirt. It doesn't have any kind of petticoats or anything underneath it. So the volume kind of carries itself really nicely and flows into itself really nicely. And then has this organza overlay that's a burnout velvet and it's crazy stunning. And then that same line of thinking of wanting to have a gown that I could wear more often um, is the Lori dress which is, it's a metallic navy brocade dress with Godet inserts at the hemline. So it kind of has that feel of a mermaid style gown um, without being a mermaid style gown. Oh yeah, so pretty. And tell me a little bit about, you have one dress here with uh, 2D and 3D embroidered. Oh yeah, that's Carrie. Okay, I fall in love with fabrics like quicker than I fall in love with people. They don't fight back. So for me, when I... Every now and then I'll find a fabric and I will just know that I need to use it and I'll need to figure something out, you know, what I'm going to do with it later. Um, You're talking about the carry dress, which has this, the entire dress is these embroidered feathers. Um, The the feather is the shape of it. So there are no actual feathers on the dress, um, but it's um, embroidery and sequins arranged to look like feathers with 2D and 3D elements. So there are elements of the thread that pop out um, and it's so delicate. Again, a really lightweight dress um, that you can wear definitely for dressier occasions. Um, but it's something that it's really, it's one of those things that the more you look at it, the more detail you notice. Wow. And would you ever do a, I didn't see any more casual pieces. Would you do a, a more casual line? So it's not something that I'm really thinking about. I do have, there are more there are levels of dressy within the collection. Um, so I would say that like the flutter dress definitely is made from this cotton gauze. So it definitely has more of a casual look. That's something that I wouldn't necessarily wear to a wedding. I would wear that you know, to a party maybe. Um, and then the separates are definitely things that I'll wear every day. Um, so that's, those are, you know, I'll style it up or down and work like it that way. I can't really say that I'm going to be doing a casual line um for a couple reasons i'm not really interested in it um you know i'm a glitz and sparkle kind of girl so to me you know working on a t-shirt doesn't really seem it's, it's just not really interesting to me and there are plenty of people who are doing that you know there are plenty of places where you can get your t-shirts you can get your denim skirts you can get um everything that you need in that area and i just don't think that the world needs that from me 
Well, it's, I mean, it's amazing. You, you know, you, it's great to stick to your niche and to really excel at it as you do. And I was going to say about that feather dress, I love feathers. So anything, I mean, I, I know they're not real feathers still, you know, they really look like they're flying off, like they're, you know, as you wrote 2D and 3D, they really pop out and they really make an impact. So I love that. Thanks. And you have the Carolina skirt, which is more like you said, like you could wear that every day. So what's your advice for styling that piece? Okay, so with the Carolina skirt, I love playing with the color of it. It comes in two colors. It comes in a fig, which is this beautiful, like, rich... I don't even want to call it eggplanty because eggplants are much darker, but it's this beautiful purple um, that's really royal looking. And it also comes in black for people who like that. Um, And what I would say is that for... Well, for the dressy, I've got you covered. There's a top in the collection. It's called the Rose Top. It's this um, beautiful, silky, um, high-collared top that's really dramatic and matches the colors perfectly. You tuck it in, you walk out the door, you're ready to go. Um, And that's the top that you'll see it pictured with on the site. For every day, the way that I like to style it is to do it with a really nice sweater. So like a great ribbed top is perfect for this. And then a scarf. So what I like to do is do it with a maroon scarf or something that plays off of the purple in the skirt. Um, And then you have something that's a really balanced and beautiful look. Um, With the black one, I'll put it on also with kind of any kind of sweater. I have a, um, I think it's cheetah. Maybe it's not tigers. Tigers are stripes. I'm not sure if it's (laughs) cheetah or leopard, but like some spotty animal um, print um, of a sweater that I'll wear with the black one also. Um, And then the thing you can also throw like a jacket on top. I have a, like a great denim jacket that I'll wear. Um, Things, you know, what I like to do is think of the Carolina skirts as a straight black skirt, and it just happens to have something extra on it with the zippers in the front. Um, so not to really stress out too much about like how to style it, because you already have straight skirts in your closet that you style, just do this exactly the same way. Uh, it sounds it sounds great. It sounds great for all year round. Very versatile, I think. Oh, for sure. For sure. So tell me about this um, itty bitty impact that you offer people that is free on your website. Um, it's a paper doll set and you could cut it out, dress dress up this paper doll, which I think is just a great activity for, for kids, for women at home, especially now during the coronavirus days. What prompted you to include this activity well you hit the nail on the head with i mean with covid it's been a weird time right it's been Uh. it's been very strange um we're all finding ourselves in these really unique situations where we're we're home but we don't want to be there and we need things to do and also our kids need things to do and you know everything just seemed really unsettling um so i launched itty bitty impact i don't remember exactly when but pretty soon towards the beginning of um this whole covid mess because i just thought you know what is some way that i can help people now let's get real nobody's going to any events nobody really needs my stuff right now um if you you know, if that's something, you know, I, I am running a sale so that people can get it if they'd like, but it's not really what people need in their life right now. So I was thinking, well, how can I help people with what they need right now? And the truth is that we all need things to do um, and we all need things that are just fun. So that's where Itty Bitty Impact came in. It's a paper doll set that you can download. It's 100% free. You can get it on my website. It's under the activities tab and you can just have fun with it. You know, play around. There are, it comes with clothes that you can color in. Um, there are tutorials on my, um, on my Instagram page. Um, and also you'll get them email when you buy the, um, not when you buy it, when you download the set. Um, and then you can draw your own things. You can 
put together your own clothes. You can do all these things without really stressing about it, basically. Um, And then along the same lines, I also created DIY Impact, which is um, couture-inspired accessories that you can make yourself at home. So uh, the first item is a bag that is does not require any kind of sewing machine or anything to make. All you need is a clothes iron. Uh, you can also order all of the supply kits, uh, the supplies that you need in a kit from me. So um, I'll send you the fabric that you need. I'll send you the sewing pins. I'll send you the hardware, all of that. Um, and I walk you through step-by-step how to make this really beautiful couture woven bag. So it's an activity and it's also uh, a really great accessory. And I like that you're giving people a way to just tap into their creativity now, just because I think everybody craves that. So I think that it's just an amazing idea. Thank you. Yeah, we could all use a little bit of creative magic right now. As soon as my printer starts working, I'll be printing out your uh, paper doll. (laughs) Enjoy them. So tell me about your podcast. It's called Be Impactful. Yes. Oh, Okay. The podcast is my my pet project. Um, it's called Be Impactful, and it's about the women making a difference in their own corners of the world. Part of what I wanted to do with Impact Fashion was that I wanted to create this space where women could all just feel great and get together and share their stories and be doing great things. So and I wanted to share with my, you know, with my little, with my, with my little corner of the internet, I wanted to share the people in my life who were doing just that. People who I thought were making an impact, whether it was on their, you know, on their country, on their community, on their block, in their family, people who were just doing great things. Um, and I wanted to make them more available to people. So I started a podcast. It's called Be Impactful. You can get it on all podcast listening places. And it's interviews with women who are doing some things that some people would consider crazy unusual. You know, I have, um, we, you know, we were just talking about coronavirus. I interviewed um, a nurse on the front lines and what it, what it's like to be there right now. Um, this was right in the middle of when things were really, really bad in New York City. And now, thank God, things are calming down. Um, and I, everyone from that to some of the people behind um, your favorite businesses, how did they get it started? How did they get it off the ground? What are the things that they're hoping to accomplish? So that that's what, that's what Be Impactful. And it's just a really fun way to kind of do a deep dive on some people who probably already know and love. Uh, isn't it amazing just to see you know, and hear where people have come from. And it's so interesting. And it's like, it makes you, you're like, wait a minute, you know, like, maybe I'm not doing, not, not, it doesn't make you feel like you're not doing enough, but you're almost like, wow, I, if they can do it, I can do it. Oh, 100%. The first question that I ask everyone who comes on my show is, can you tell me what you were like as a little kid? And what's so great is that more often than not, they'll say things like, oh, I was really nerdy. I was really quiet. Um, You might not have known that I was there. And it just, it always, as I started seeing that as a pattern happening more and more, it got me thinking to, I guess, I mean, if you're feeling a little quiet, if you're feeling a little not noticed, some of the people look up to once felt exactly the same way. So it's it's a, a nice corner to be in. Yeah, and I think it would be nice if women in general would share more with each other. And in that way, you know, creating this sense of community really helps so much. So I think what you're doing with the with the podcast is just, a, it's great. Thanks. Yes. And in terms of the fashion industry and modest fashion in particular, how would you or what would you change if you could? Hmm, that's a good one. What would I change? Mm. See, it's interesting because I think that 
with the problems that, you know, we could gripe about with modest fashion are usually problems with fashion as a whole. Um, And, you know, it's modest fashion is not its own industry. It's a section of a much larger industry. Um, And the thing that I think the thing that I wish was a little bit different, um, fashion has this reputation for being a little mean, a little nasty, a little, um, it's not exactly known for its fuzzy, warm feeling. Um, and in a lot of ways, that reputation is well-earned. Um, I do think that there is a lot of competitiveness among designers. I think that there's a lot of com- uh, competitiveness among brands. And it's understandable because you are ultimately competing for a limited pie. But at the same time, I find that I have been able to assemble this really great group of designers, specifically in the modest fashion space, who really cheer each other on and who really help each other out and who really are just there for each other. And we share our struggles and and we're there to applaud the the successes and cry about the losses. Um, And I think that if fashion in general, if there were more aspects of fashion that could embrace that sense of community a little more, I think the whole industry would as a would just do better. Um, There's there's a lot that we can accomplish if we put our heads together and we only have what to gain. Yeah, I think for sure, like you said. Um, Thankfully, in my experience thus far, I found that in the fashion industry, there's been, you know, there's a lot of support and I've had a really good positive experience. But like you said, it's a mixed bag. So I definitely think that you hit the nail on the head. So what are your goals for the future of your brand? Oh, well, right now it's just, my goal right now is just to get production started up again after COVID. Um, that's that's a big one that definitely is something that is on my my short-term radar um, to get things back to how they were. Ultimately, I just want to be your go-to place for beautiful, size-inclusive, modest fashion. So what exactly that looks like, I'm still figuring out, but uh, that's that's where I hope to be. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show I really appreciate it. I your your candidness and just being open and sharing what inspired you. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This was fun. Yes, it was. I will definitely go and check out your your podcast, Be Impactful. I can't wait to listen. I'm excited. Thank you. And if um, anyone is interested in hearing about the clothing that we spoke about, uh, my website is impactfashionnyc.com. And you can also find me on Instagram at impact.fashion.nyc. And thanks for having me. Thank you so much again. Have a great night. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Fashion Detour. I'm available for personal styling and personal shopping. If you'd like to get in contact with me, you can always reach out to me through my email, michal at thefashiondetour.com. And on Instagram, you're welcome to direct message me at The Fashion Detour for any of your shopping and styling needs and questions. Thank you so much and have a great week. Just break it down to you and me uptown. 
Misplaced 